Saturday Night Live with Tracy Morgan is over, but we're just getting started here on the SNL recap on post-show recaps. And now here are the two guys with one pair of underwear on the radiator. I'm Rob Sestrini. He's Rich Tackenberg. Rich, how are you? Pass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm good. It's great to be here. Great to talk to you. We're doing this later in the day than we normally do. It's about uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm sorry, Pacific. And uh, so it's a a wild weekend. We had a busy Sunday, so we're recording the show a little bit later. We've got a good crowd uh, here live here on Blab.im to talk about this. Talk about the Tracy Morgan episode from this weekend. Everybody was buzzing about it on social media today. Seems like we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, but we'll go through it sketch by sketch. Plus, we'll talk to James Keese later on to talk about the Demi Lovato part of the show tonight. So uh, very fun stuff to get to before we have a hiatus on the SNL podcast before we get to Donald (laughs) Trump hosting in a couple of weeks. What could be more surreal than that? Rich, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, taking a look real, real quick. I'm interested in what you, what you thought. I thought overall this episode, it was interesting that for the most part, it was exactly what we thought we were going to get, but I just had a lot of fun getting it. I thought Tracy was doing better than we could have thought. Um, and yet at the same token, he really didn't do much of the heavy lifting tonight. I was okay with that. We had some fun cameos, many of which we predicted. We had some sketches that we predicted. So uh, not a lot of surprises given the circumstances but uh, overall, with a couple of misses, overall, I thought a really f- a fun episode. Yeah, well, let's just jump right into uh, yep. what's going on here with this first sketch, which was the Democratic debate. And to me, I really felt like this was SNL at its finest. Oh, yeah, this was fantastic. Although, as old fans of our podcast know, there is the rich rule of cameos, yes. which is... <laughs> Uh, effectively it's one and done but to be clear if you're going to do more than one cameo the cameo that requires surprise can't be second so uh so the i mean and alec baldwin was very funny in this but he shouldn't have been in it because it completely tipped off what's going to come in the monologue so that drove me a little crazy we'll talk about that when it comes but overall talk about star power i just thought this was he was great and just uh, i mean i did not in any way see uh larry david showing up which was just super super fun yeah let's just get into the larry david thing because it was fantastic because after the democratic debate on uh early earlier last week i think it was uh, i guess what tuesday night wednesday night uh from last week that when i it must have been tuesday night because i recorded the seinfeld podcast uh this past wednesday and akiva winnaker who's my co-host on the seinfeld podcast when we did our seinfeld news is a seinfeld podcast spoiler when we do our weekly seinfeld news segment he talked about how a lot of people were saying that bernie sanders sounds exactly like larry david doing george costanza and I, I was seeing like memes on the internet of Bernie Sanders just saying like calzone where people <laughs> were, had been saying about that. So what do you think the genesis was of Larry David ultimately playing Bernie Sanders after that debate on Tuesday night? 
I think it was very reminiscent of Tina Fey getting, you know, asked to come back to do Sarah Palin a few years ago. You know, Larry had been in New York doing a play. I mean, the play ended a few months ago, but uh, I'm just I, I'm imagining it was just the perfect. Oh, my God, you got to come do this. And, you know, as most people may or may or may not remember, Larry David was a writer on SNL 31 years ago, but he was a writer on SNL for a year. And he had been, a, you know, in the sketch comedy show Fridays even earlier earlier than that. So he's no stranger to doing and writing sketch comedy. So I think this was, you know, you know, probably James Downey gives him a call who he's known for 30 years and says, you got to come and do this. And I think he was totally up for it. It was just such a fun little piece. And, and the thing that I liked about it is Larry David seemed totally having fun with it. He seemed like he was just having a ball and that made it so much fun. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Uh, in terms of then, we had, uh, as you mentioned, Alec Baldwin as uh, Jim Webb. What do you think the genesis of that was? Was it just like Alec Baldwin was like, I can nail this guy? Because it seemed like the Jim Webb was not such a great impression that Alec Baldwin was doing it, that you, uh, to bring in, if they were going to do that 30 Rock sketch, or that parody, it did seem like they tipped it a little bit with having Alec Baldwin there. What do you think the thought process was with Alec Baldwin in the cold open? Oh, I totally agree with you. It completely tipped that something bigger was coming. Not that we didn't all suspect it, but it completely tipped it. I, I think this is one of those where this absolutely could have been Beck Bennett. There's no re there was you didn't need Alec Baldwin, but I think that when you're SNL and you want ratings, a big hypey cold open that's got people tweeting and buzzing and talking, and then it can be downloaded and watched on YouTube a million times or Hulu, whatever. I think that they probably didn't plan on it. Baldwin was coming. Obviously, they love Baldwin. I suspect that they pitched it to him instead of him volunteering for it. And he was just like, sure, I'll do that. That sounds great. I, I wouldn't have, but he was great doing it. Yeah. Did Is there anything from, again, this is the uh, first time that we see Hillary Clinton after she appeared on the show uh, with, uh, in, right, 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 we didn't see Hillary last yes. week, right? Correct. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything now the post Hillary post uh, the cameo from Hillary? No, I don't think so. I mean, the only thing that I, that I would point out, which is a little different, we'll end up talking about this later, is I felt like in both this sketch and the show in general, especially Weekend Update, it was interesting that I don't remember a single Donald Trump joke, which I think has everything to do with who's hosting the next episode. That sort of stood out to me a little bit more. But uh, no, this Hillary, I thought, continued to be fun. I loved how she started out by saying, I think you're going to like the Hillary that we have created for this evening. Uh, and 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 a lot of the jokes were really fun. Her screaming into tiny jars was very funny. Uh, so a lot of it I just thought was really good. And I loved Kate and Larry together doing the cold open, which made it really fun for, for me. The next time we see Bernie Sanders on Saturday Night Live, is it Larry David again? I, I mean, the only thing I don't know is where Larry David is living these days because he's a, you know, been a, was a longtime LA guy, uh, but was in New York for the play. So I don't know. I think that if he's in New York, winter is I think coming, we'll, as they yeah, say I, in, yeah. in the North. Yeah. I think uh, if he lived there, I could absolutely see the Tina Fey of him showing up, through, you know, twice, three times before bernie sanders is eliminated from the primary or whatever so uh yeah i think we could see him again okay i hope so i really do i yeah, think that that would be great. like lightning in a bottle if they could try you know do this a couple more times 
I ultimately uh, just don't know. You know, we know we know about the fake news. Uh, I don't know, like how, how closely you're following uh, the the politics of all this. I mean, is Bernie Sanders going to be a player in all this for months and months to come? I mean, I am not the person to ask, but my understanding is, is that he's absolutely doing well enough that he will be a player up until the, the primary convention. And then at that point, I assume that he goes away. So, uh, I mean, if, as Larry David said in the cold open, if Bernie Sanders becomes the vice presidential uh, nominee, that could be interesting. But the little I know about politics, that seems highly unlikely. Yeah. And outside of debates, I don't know how many times there's going to be sort of things that are Bernie Sanders is doing that are going to be SNL sketch worthy, but I, right. I will keep my fingers crossed that this happened. Uh, any issues with uh, live from New York? No, I thought it was really, I'd love, I mean, Larry David doing it with, uh, with Kate McKinnon was fantastic. So loved going into it that way. Okay. So we get into our monologue and here comes uh, Tracy Morgan who did sort of like the uh, Willy Wonka thing where he comes out and people want, you know, he wants you to think that he is like uh, sort of not with all of his faculties and then uh, says, ah, psych, just kidding. Yeah, I th- I don't think that the difference was as dramatic as Tracy <laughs> thought it was going to be. So I loved it, but I was also a little like. <laughs> okay all right oh okay okay got it okay yeah so uh but love that he had fun with himself i loved him talking about you know how he didn't you know he was not at full brain capacity that he never was uh just clearly uh, had fun having fun with himself so uh, tracy mentioned that it has reminded him of a 30 rock episode from 2012 and while it was great to see everybody back to uh, recreate this 30 Rock episode, did you find the 30 Rock episode to be funny? No, I mean, I, I mean, this is what says everything to me. I laughed the hardest when during one of the speeches, the smash lower third showed up and uh, and there was them dancing. That made me laugh hilariously. No, I don't. And I think we lost the surprise. I thought it was uh, it was a little distracting for me. They were doing the handheld camera in a very old overdone way i think is a joke but it it wasn't enough that we knew it was a joke um so i didn't think anything within this was i mean it was definitely cute but uh it was more cute than anything else yeah i didn't think that there were any big laughs that went along the way other than the smash lower thirds that were uh, popping back up yes and then the animal practice which was a great call back to 2012 so that was really sort of the the extent of it yeah uh, anything else to discuss from the monologue? Um, no, it was fun that they all came out. Uh, sort sort of appreciated that. Um, I thought it was probably, I would say, more of a sentimental opening uh, to see Tina Fey back, Alec Baldwin, you know, Jack McBrayer, which I thought was great. And they even made a point where Tina's like, "I just want to say, Tracy, and this is not a joke. We're all so happy that you're you're back and you're able to make people." I was like, "Okay, well, we're we're not going for comedy. We're going for sentimental." I'm in. I I, I get. It, I love it. Great, great start. Yeah. All right. So then we go to our first live sketch, which was the return of the family feud, which uh, I normally am very excited to see. But this time, not celebrity family feud. We go with regular family feud. 
And I thought that this was an interesting approach to this where we didn't even make it wasn't even making fun of family feud. It was a sort of like this interesting setup where there was a divorced family and the dad is playing against the family <laughs> that he left. Yeah, I really like this. I, I, I looking a little bit online. I think I was a little bit alone, but I really like such a great premise of a sketch. It was such a different thing. And and how often do you ever hear me say this? Keenan absolutely was the brilliant anchor of the sketch. His 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 uh, Steve Harvey was such a fun piece to this. Uh, so I don't know that it was the funniest laugh out loud jokes, but I thought it was a great premise and it kept sort of turning and turning. And then the daughter's a stripper and then he won't wear underwear and uh, and just a lot of funny little sides. But but I thought Keenan kept bringing it home, even when Tracy Morgan said the heart wants what the heart wants. And I thought Keenan's throwaway of just that ain't the hot playa that just made me laugh so hard so uh, i really applaud them for this was it the funniest maybe not but i i thought this was a great well written executed great idea i really loved it a lot and so i really liked the idea for this i really loved the concept and you know they really had me like a minute or two into this like all right i can't wait to see where this goes but i felt like it never really got to a really insane level you know, I do no. think that the stuff with Sashir being the stripper, I thought that that was pretty wacky and, and funny. And some of the stuff about Tracy Morgan, about how, uh, you know, he could be cooking uh, with some more clothes on and stuff like that. It definitely made me laugh. But I really didn't feel like it uh, reached a potential that I was hoping it was going to get to. I would agree with that. I, I don't think there was anything in this that sort of got to a hilarious point. Um, but for me, it was just a solid fun. And again, I think that you're in a situation where they're, it's very written specifically that Tracy Morgan's got some very funny lines, but they're very clearly not anchoring the sketch around his character. So he was more sort of reacting than being sort of a central piece to that. It really was a, a Leslie Jones sketch more than anything else. So, but uh, I, I would say on second viewing, I, I appreciate it even more just sort of for what it was. Yeah. I, I just was hoping it would build more where it was like, okay, yeah. like it started off with like a name, something you forget and you know, your family I was like, okay. And then I really was hoping to see it just like uh, escalate, but they really just uh, stayed talking about the same thing. And so, yeah, it was interesting and and fun, but yeah, I think, I think we're saying, we're saying the same thing, but you uh, appreciated it probably more than I did. Yeah, I think so. I I had, I had a little more fun uh, enjoying it. And again, the fact that I'm saying how much I liked Keenan is really who, where did it, where is this coming from? But he just, every little piece of Keenan in this was really funny to me. All right, Rich, it's the return of Brian Fellows. This was the one that we all saw coming and uh, Brian Fellows is back. First of all, were you a big Brian Fellows fan? No, I've never been a big Brian Fellows fan. I mean, I it, it to me it was that era of the Californians for me. It was just I mean, I enjoy watching Tracy just get dumb and some of the lines are always funny and clearly some yeah. of the lines in this were always funny. For the record, I believe Jared's room was the Californians of that era. <laughs> I liked Jared's room. That never bothered me. This this is always just like Ah, oh, okay, okay. And by the way, the thing that's so bizarre to me, and this has been like this since when he started doing this in the 90s, the character's name, according to the graphic and the voiceover of the sketch, is Brian Fellow. And yet Tracy Morgan always says, I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> what? 
like, is this meta comedy or is Tracy <laughs> not paying attention to the sketch that he probably helped write and has been doing for a decade? It's so bizarre to me. So, uh, all of that said, of course, you're going to do Brian Fellows. And there's some very funny lines. And everyone, I think, was just very game, whether it was uh, whether it was Pete Davidson or A.D. Bryant, to just be in a scene with Tracy Morgan and have fun. Now, were they overly ambitious to bring in a llama? <laughs> I think that might have been a little bit much. I think that I think the camel may have, uh, may have <laughs> sorry, been a little bit much. Camel, not a llama. Sorry, yeah. I have llama on yeah. the brain. <laughs> yeah, uh, that may have been a little bit much. Although got the biggest laugh of the of the whole sketch when the llama's ass is blocking the camera and the bit, which was just very funny. Yeah, it seemed like that they could not control where the camel was standing and it just ruined several of the shots. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, I mean, I kind of like the sort of laughing, you know, at that point, it's just, hey, it's live TV. What are we doing? Very fun. Yeah. Uh, so the beaver with an attitude uh, smokes cigarettes and reminds Brian Fellows of his dad. Right. Did you did you uh, like that direction for Brian Fellows' character? Uh, you know, there's always some weirdness with Brian Fellows and his and what's going on in his life. Uh, so, I, I mean, I did like the idea that he thinks beavers smoke because his dad was a builder and he smoked. <laughs> that I thought was a very funny connection. Uh, all just silly. It's all throwaway to watch uh, Tracy Morgan be at 11 for an entire sketch and to that extent it works i was like okay here it is it's brian fellows let's uh let's laugh let's titter with an occasional chuckle and let's move on to the next sketch okay and that next sketch is a commercial for fake cocaine yeah, surprisingly, I saw that uh, this was not directed by uh, Dave McGarry, the sort of uh, the good neighbor triple play of uh, of Beck and uh, and Kyle Mooney it was directed by Reese Thomas. So probably not sort of a good neighbor sketch, even though Beck Bennett and and Kyle both had a lot to do with this. Um, I thought this was a really fun idea that uh, went on probably 30% too long. I, I, I think it's just the idea of a fake cocaine to hide a smelly poop was such a fun idea and silly. Uh, the heightening of it, uh, I felt like was just like, mm, okay. Uh, but it was cute. It was a cute idea. Yeah. I think I was on board up until they got to the point where it's the uh, fake poop spray. Uh, that I thought that was, that was good to cover yeah. up the question. And then when uh, we got to like then the Leslie Jones uh, a adding and I think that probably that was probably a beat yeah. too long. I, I very much agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a little bit long, but but at least it was different and kind of like, I don't know where this is going. So I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I did like Beck Bennett, like questioning those people like uh, you don't have fake poop spray. I guess you guys yeah. don't know anything about cocaine. Like uh, you guys are real <laughs> yeah. squares. <laughs> yeah, no, that was very funny. I like that. So yeah, I agree. It was uh, definitely definitely fun and uh, interesting direction. And then uh, speaking of fun, uh, why don't we talk about some uh, Demi Lovato? Is it Demi or Demi? I who are you asking? Are you kidding me? I could be her grandfather. I don't know. <laughs> not, I don't know about that. Hopefully, James can answer this for us. I mean, she's not a kid, Demi Lovato, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> James, how, how do we pronounce her name? 
I think it's Demi. Demi Lovato. I do. It is a weird pattern that she started out on Barney and then Disney. We had uh, we had uh, Miley Cyrus, who was Hannah Montana and The Weeknd, who was on Drake and Josh or something. I don't know. It it, (laughs) seems like an odd child star uh, power trio or whatever. But yeah, I, I, I will defer to James on what we all thought of Demi Lovato. Yeah, well, you could have done this review because this one for me is a uh, uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what yeah, did you like I, about it? I'm. I think this is probably just a taste thing, but I'm not a fan of kind of the over singing rock singer type. The you know Our Lady Peace style. I mean, if. If there are any old Canadians in the audience, then did Alana Miles, is, is Black Velvet a, a, a classic rock a staple in the U.S. or is that just in Canada? I hear it's the uh, most romantic song in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a real kind of Black Velvet vibe from this. Also, this has become a bit of a, a trend on Saturday Night Live, but I'm not a fan of the basically playing two songs where it's not really a medley you're just playing a chunk of a song and then there's a pause and then suddenly you're playing a different song. So she did that uh, with the first song. And uh, I mean, I'm not talking about Prince who can play for nine minutes and play, you know, six different songs. That's he's Prince. So cool for the summer was the first sort of third of the first performance. I guess it's uh, uh, been a a summer hit ish for Demi. Uh, and then Confident, which uh, is her new single. So I guess they just wanted her to play the hit, but she wanted to debut the single and they could they were sort of in the same vibe. So they just mashed them together with mm. a pause. Also, I thought the for being kind of a rock singer, I thought it was weird that she didn't. It's there isn't really a, a lot of guitar in her band. And so the whole thing was just a lot of horns and drums to me. The first song. And she's uh strong enough singer but this couldn't be further from my taste (laughs) what about the second the follow-up performance so i i felt bad because i was thinking not nice things about the first song and i thought okay i i gotta like try and be open-minded about this and i saw the piano and i thought okay you know i this is probably gonna be good we're gonna get a nice ballad like she's i think she's a pretty strong singer it seems I'm more likely to like this. And then it turned into this rock vocal halfway through where she's just screaming some more. And except this time with a piano, I don't know. I was out. I was out on stone cold, which is the name of the second song. Yeah. Now, when the Donald Trump episode comes on, uh, who who is the musical guest? Uh, Sia, who's had a few memorable Saturday Night Live moments. Yes. So I'm excited for her to come back. And also, I presume it means that there's some new Sia music uh, coming. The sort of trend these days is to just not announce a record or announce it, you know, the week it's coming out. So I don't actually know of a new Sia record, but if she's coming on, it's been a couple of years, I think, since her last one, so... She's about due, and if she's coming on SNL, that probably means new music before the end of the year. So that's good for Sia fans. Man, how surreal! Maybe she'll have a new look, a new way to mask her stage fright. (laughs) Maybe instead of just the like the the hair dome from last time. 
Yeah, we need to evolve that. We need to mix yeah. that up. Yeah. Maybe she can get like the Donald Trump hair for the uh, the next episode. Oh, that'd be a good look. Ladies and gentlemen, see ya. That would be great. <laughs> it's going to be very surreal. The whole thing will be very surreal uh, next, in a couple of weeks. Well, what's it's, the date on that? Was it November 13th or November 4th? The 7th, I think. November 7th. 7th. Yeah, we're, we're one week off and then we're back. Oh, boy, with Trump and Sia. Yeah. <laughs> All right. More on that to come. All right, James. Uh, thank you so much. You can follow James on Twitter. He's at Exclaim Editor. Thanks, guys. How did the Raptors do tonight? Uh, they won. They beat the Cavaliers, but it's only the preseason. I'm a little more concerned about the Blue Jays at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they were look, they dug out of this hole in a five game series uh, last round. So uh, it's true. They've, it's they've, true. Uh, they're used to it. All right, James. Take care, buddy. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. So, Rich, uh, let's talk about weekend update and uh, what was what was going on here, because uh, we had some interesting, uh, some interesting visitors. Uh, Let's just talk overall weekend update. Um, Some funny jokes, uh, a a great return, a not so great return. uh, And, um, you know, a a continuing chemistry issue that I think is becoming a little bit of a problem that is going to have to be solved sooner rather than later. Okay, what is that interesting uh, chemistry issue? Uh, I just I, I felt like there was another sort of piece where Jost and Che just aren't connecting and i don't know what it is or at least comedically they're not connecting it's just the the interplay between each other is uh is just it's not it's not feeling fun it's feeling either the timing is off if or it doesn't feel real or it actually feels like potentially most likely not this but that there is a degree of annoyance with each other um but whatever the answer is i i just wish we could get in there and do a little uh a team building exercise maybe they could fall back Maybe they could build a, a stapler tree or something, uh, but maybe get an executive coach come in and uh, and help the two guys sort of uh, bond to get some more at least on screen chemistry and timing to sort of help them. Do you think it's salvageable here in one point uh, two seasons of working together? I think possibly. Yeah, I do. I, I, I think it's sort of finding that rhythm that is not the usual uh, the usual rhythm, you know, they both have such different uh, individual rhythms, finding that what is going to work for them. I think it's going to be more trial and error. Uh, and I don't know how much they'll actually do off camera to sort of solve it, because I think SNL is a place that tends to not acknowledge a problem until somebody is actually fired. Um, so I don't know how much it's openly being talked about. Um, and again, they're both great and they're both doing really funny jokes. And th- this is a funny segment, but uh, I think that could really, really would help a lot when they made the joke about the democratic debate being like vegas and saying that it's just a bunch of old uh, white people who uh, don't know when to quit when they're losing again i feel like that there's this narrative from snl that uh, that hillary is going to uh, be the person to uh, walk away from this uh, at least with the democratic uh, nomination and, and it's one thing when hillary clinton is saying that but I also feel like it's uh, a little bit weird when SNL is editorializing that. Well, it's, I mean, again, I feel like that's more them just sort of uh, broadly sort of stating what the general perception is that, you know, and the, there was a sort of reference to to Joe Biden in the uh, in the opening uh 
that I thought was sort of important that, you know, like how, how nervous Hillary is around that. I think the general feeling is that if he doesn't come into the race, uh, that she is absolutely going to get the nomination. Uh, and they may, that may not be true, but I do think that's the broader public perception of the standard SNL viewer, which is like me, the person who's not paying a lot of attention. Okay. So then let's talk about Tina Fey first. Talk about how uh, Playboy is getting rid of the nudity. Now, first, let me say that I feel this is very in line with Rich's rules of cameos that once Kate, once Tina did the surprise in the 30 Rock bit for her to come back and be a correspondent roll out the red carpet. I have no problem with this at all. Uh, it was great to see her doing this bit again, you know, these kinds of pieces again. I don't know that it was uh, as great as some of the ones that I remember when she was there mm-hmm. with her and Jimmy Fallon or her and and, uh, and, and Amy Poehler. Uh, but there were definitely some funny lines to it. I like that she got silly and decided to do some poses, which meant nothing, but it was just a silly piece of business. So uh, it was just great to see her back doing this. Okay. Any highlights for it? I I was very excited. I felt like I was a little underwhelmed with what she actually did. Yeah, there was nothing that she said that I thought was necessarily uh, hilarious. It was just fun to see her do it. Yeah. All right. So then we had the return of Michael Shea's neighbor, Willie. (sighs) Oh, boy. I, I... Oh, boy. I... Uh, oh boy, oh, Willie! I don't know what to say. I uh, they're not listening to me. Uh, I actually feel like that I was not thrilled to see Willie, and I had extremely low expectations. I felt like this was one of the better ones that they did with him. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean. <laughs> Of the Willies, this was probably the best. Uh, The pacing was better. And then certainly, uh, you know, you know, having Tracy Morgan in it was um, it it was something. Uh, Why not? Uh, Let's just I think we can put we can leave Willie outside for a little while now. I don't think we need to see Willie uh, that that, again that soon. Yeah. Uh, What about the return of Woodrow? Was Woodrow? Uh, What was Woodrow? I'm blanking on it. Is that uh, is that the name of the uh, the character that was from uh, Tracy Morgan? Oh, you know what? I don't remember. I don't. uh, You know, you're probably right. I. You know what? I didn't remember him well enough to have an opinion. I think the williness of it all. I just so checked out that I like. (laughs) I was sort of out of body with this and just like. Oh, Willie. So uh, I, I, I sort of have nothing I can comment on here. Will we see Willie again in 2015? I guess we will. I, I don't know why he is Christmas. Willie. He is the Jebediah Atkinson of this season. Uh, yeah, I someone loves Willie. I know one person who doesn't, but apparently someone does. So, yeah, I guess we'll probably see Willie again because he's uh, he's doing well. OK, All right, so we'll see. Ultimately. Uh, what happens uh, when Mark, Rich Mark on the calendar? When do we see Riblet this season? Oh, I'm thinking probably during the December block. I think uh, I think it'll be a good December thing to go to. Um, we'll probably yeah, because we'll probably see Drunk Uncle around the Thanksgiving Day episode, and then I could see Riblet coming like mid December. Okay, keep your eyes peeled uh, for that. All right, let's talk about this uh, sketch, which I thought was uh, pretty absurd where we have like sort of like a uh, renaissance type uh, town 
some sort of like a you know a medieval uh, times uh, type place where everybody's singing and dancing, and then uh, Tracy Morgan is being Tracy Morgan. Yeah, I I hate to sort of do a double uh, double pump on this, but I I, I got to give this another. Oh boy, what are we doing here? Uh, uh, yeah, I um, yeah, I, it was an odd sketch. I mean, it, it's the right post update sketch, I guess. Um, it was hard not to tune this one out as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Tracy Morgan is uh, saying things to everybody, and then we have sort of like the uh, the right turn where or the left turn where Karen right. Killam's character uh, confesses that he's dating the eighteen year old boy, but then it's also but then it's like but but he's cool with him and he's eighteen, yeah. so it was like a, like oh okay well yeah. <laughs> but Tracy Morgan's yeah. still like, you shouldn't have told us that. Yeah, I almost wondered if maybe this was like two different sketch ideas that wasn't working at the at the read through. And someone's like, what if you just sort of put them together and brought these characters into this piece and made something fun of it? Um yeah, I was I was I was looking forward to this sketch that followed this, whatever <laughs> it was going to be. Okay. All right, we don't have to spend too much time on that. Let's talk about this uh Again, what are we calling these just pre-taped pieces? Yeah, they're just pre-taped. They're just, yeah, they're not technically digital shorts. They're just sort of pre-taped. To and, and technically, we should call them like pre-recorded pieces because they're probably right. not on tape. But that right. being said, uh, we had sort of what turned into, I thought, a very funny piece where it was uh, Tracy Morgan. Uh, Taron Kiln uh, seemingly wanted to uh, get into a fight with him over that he was trying to steal away Sashir's and made it, but it turned out he just wanted to dance. Yeah, I don't know why this didn't follow Brian Fellows instead of the fake cocaine piece. I thought this was super fun, and this was Tracy Morgan at his best in the night. I mean, and uh, and a couple of the things we're going to bring up, but I thought this was really fun, Tracy Jordan, uh, Tracy Morgan. Uh, really, uh, Taryn was great in this. Everything about it, just uh, the turns were not so dramatic that it lost me, but it clearly couldn't see where it was going very fun uh i i, I liked everything about it yeah no, there was uh some r- really fun twist to it in terms of like that you know he doesn't want to he doesn't want to fight he wants to dance and he wants to only dance with taryn and you can't dip me when sashir goes in to try <laughs> yeah. to dance with him uh jay farrow is really funny as sort of like the wingman in all of this so i did really enjoy this as well yeah, I feel like this was, I don't know if I would say the sketch of the night because the cold open was clearly so great on so many levels, but this is one of my favorites. I thought this was a, a great, and and I, as I said, I think my, you know, my favorite Tracy Morgan of the night. So great job. Uh, I don't know who wrote it. We didn't get to see in Twitter. At least I didn't see. I missed it if it was there. Uh, sort of who wrote this piece, um, uh, which is just really well done, really fun. All right. What about Jackie Chan? Where are you? <laughs> Yo, where's Jackie Chan at right now? Uh, I will say this. This started out and I had the huh of a huh boy in the back of my throat. And then I sort of feel like is Tracy Morgan really for the live sketches sort of hit his stride. I think because he was talking to camera with the cue cards, he sort of was able to sort of play really well. The, the chemistry between him and Keenan was really good. So it was like I was waiting to hate it. And I don't know that I love this sketch, but I never 
disliked it, which sort of surprised me. They kind of kept, and then they they started cutting away the Chris Tucker. I thought was not necessarily the best uh, impression that we've seen Jay Farrow do. But then we started getting to like you know you know like just just really bizarre impressions, and they just sort of kept turning and turning and turning. Uh, that it was just like. Okay, I actually I walked away from this going that actually was a a amusing sketch. I think it was a it, it was a it would have been a great sort of end of the night sketch and it really did make me go as much as this is in the most absurd sketch ever. I don't actually know what happened to Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to look up right now was Keenan ever castmates with Tracy Morgan at SNL? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I we should be able to figure that out. He so was tra- so Keenan came on, I believe, in two thousand three, uh, and that's when he would have left. So no, they probably did not overlap. Yeah, I, in my mind, I was thinking that oh, because so Tracy Morgan left SNL to do Thirty Rock, which started in two thousand six. But I forgot that Tracy Morgan had the Tracy Morgan Show on yeah. NBC, which was probably. But he was right, right there, sort of passing uh, in the night. Yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it sounds like they did. Yeah. I don't think they did. And they may have brought on Keenan, uh, especially back in the early two thousands when we had very little diversity, it could have been like, Oh, we need a new black young Keenan. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The young Tracy. Young Tracy. Yeah. Then I, I did feel like this sketch started to pick up when they started going to like, once they got past Chris Tucker and then they started like, Hey, Chuck Norris, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Steven Seagal what about you thank you for having Bobby show uh, allowed him to be in the episode uh and that's just him as it was I thought that was really funny I thought that was it was a really fun and was it young uh Osama bin Laden or something that uh Pete Davidson was was young Osama bin Laden did it was it was it it was young someone Uh, it was either I think it was was Osama bin Laden I I I didn't catch that uh yeah and then (laughs) I really liked when they got to Leslie Jones also, who saw him in like 1997. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they had like the files. Like, okay. Yeah. I will say here, I was, I, one thing I would say about the episode, I was surprised we didn't see more of Tracy Morgan and Leslie Jones together. Anyone who happened to see Chris Rock's movie, Take Five, uh, Top Five, uh, they were in a big scene together, Tracy and Leslie, and very funny together. So uh, I would have thought just because of the past history, we would have seen a little more of that. So, uh, but we did not which is interesting so what'd you think of that movie uh i didn't like it as much as most people did uh i I thought it was yeah i thought it was very talky uh i and i yeah so whatever i love chris rock as a comedian i don't know i love him as an actor okay and then finally the last sketch uh was the astronaut jones reprisal (laughs) well i'll give it to you rob you called it i said (laughs) we're not going to see this sketch and the very interesting i mean i like that i mean this was i thought a lot of production value setting up the the what i understand to be the premise of the martian with uh with uh what's his name from project Greenlight. so uh a lot of yeah a lot of production value to get to the astronaut jones reveal so i wonder if this was going to be an earlier sketch and then it just sort of didn't sort of play and as much as tracy george tracy morgan i keep doing that tonight tracy morgan is clearly the star of the sketch the truth is it was mostly pre-tape from 2000 Mm -hmm. the original astronaut jones i mean you could see not that 
you know, we, we all, you know, we all age. You could see sort of the clear difference between a very young svelte, uh, you know, Tracy Morgan and the Tracy Morgan of today, which I get, I'm not, I'm not casting any aspersions, but there actually was very little Tracy Morgan 2015 in this sketch. Well, I mean, I think that that is astronaut Jones. I think that's basically uh, all of them are like that. You know, that it's just like uh, the whole. It's like the song is the whole thing. Is the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I'm sure this part of it was Demi Lovato wanting to be in a sketch. Um, you know, she was fine given what it was. I suspect that this sketch originally in the in the dress rehearsal came much earlier, and uh, it didn't uh, land. But they decided to keep it for sort of the nostalgia's sake, and they moved it to the end yeah it's fine it's fine the last sketch yeah. all right yeah so, totally yeah this is going to be uh interesting to discuss the goodbyes an emotional night with uh with tracy morgan rich what were your takeaways and did tracy morgan uh just mostly talk to the people he knew so he uh I, I got to watch the whole thing on hulu obviously very emotional he was very sweet bringing up his new wife and and baby longtime girlfriend and and baby which is very rarely done obviously um it did make me laugh that is he's thanking everybody he said jane karowski instead of identi- accurately identifying his star as co-star of i think nine years jane karowski so that that really made me laugh not as much as it made tina fey laugh that he screwed that up that was really funny um he then gave a obviously a very big hug to uh to tina fey and then actually gave a pretty big hug to larry david which was whatever why not um and then i did see uh in the in the pieces that he did sort of walk around and and he was sort of uh, i saw him hug uh clearly leslie jones michael che and then taron Killam, and i think a couple other people so uh it seemed like they all had a sort of a good experience with him uh two things i will mention from the good nights i thought was very interesting one michael che seemed very very frustrated uh, during the goodbyes. You wouldn't have seen it if you saw it on TV, but if you see the extended cut, he seemed very legitimately annoyed by something. Uh, I couldn't possibly guess what, but uh, I'm sure that that was true. I don't think I missed that. Was it uh, that was Colin very- Joe spoiled the Met game? Uh, it could be. He was wearing be. a Mets hat, I believe. Oh, okay. It, who knows? I could be definitely. So, so that, uh, and the other thing, Bobby Moynihan, very chummy with Demi Lovato. They were really clowning around, making each other laugh. Bobby. Very interesting. It's like, Bobby, what's going on here, Bobby? Really, uh, really having the time of his life. Uh, spent a lot of time, uh, just yucking it up with Demi Lovato. So very odd. Good for Bobby. Yeah. All right. So, Rich, of the three episodes we've seen so far, Tracy Morgan was the best episode. I think so. I mean, I, I think so. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was sentimental and what, why wouldn't it be? And, and I, and the thing I'll say about this episode is I, I think that I liked the Tracy Morgan did not shy away from the sentimentality of he almost died. No one thought this day would ever come and everyone was so excited. So it was such a warm episode. I, I thought this was just had a lot of, a lot of great moments, a lot of fun probably bigger misses than some of the first two episodes, but a lot landed here. So uh, yeah, I thought it was a really uh, probably the, the strongest of the three. Was there any disappointment for you in uh, that's something that they didn't do that you were hoping they would have done? Uh, no, I think the, uh, I love that they did the whole 30 rock thing. I think I would have like, I, I do kind of wish that that had kind of connected a little bit more. That was probably my only sort of loss. Again, I don't think Tracy Morgan really had a lot of big characters. I think that's why we saw astronaut Jones of all people. Um, you know, he was a big force, a big presence on the show, but not because of his stable of iconic characters. So I think this sort of just played itself out really nicely. 
All right. Well, let's just start to look ahead to this Donald Trump episode coming up here in uh, 13 days. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, of course, politics aside, nobody gives a rat's patootie about my politics, nor does it have anything to do with this. And I don't think Saturday Night Live has a lot of uh, politics around it, but very odd to me to ask a leading candidate for the president of the United States to host the show uh, at this point seems very odd to me. I, I think obviously it will get great ratings. So who am I to tell them how to produce their show, especially when it comes to ratings? I will say for me, this feels like a miss on the booking. I don't think I Donald Trump doing a cameo. Totally get it. But presidential leading uh, candidate hosting an entire show feels odd to me. And I would say that if we were talking about Hillary, just as much as I would say this about Donald Trump. So it seems odd to me from a couple of reasons. One, it was like a very public divorce between NBC yes. Universal and Donald Trump between the dismissal of Donald Trump as the host of The Apprentice. Doesn't that seem odd to you that he would then be back with NBC? I mean, it was only a couple of months ago that we were talking about that he was out as host of The Celebrity Apprentice and, and with all the Miss Universe stuff and talking about it like, uh, you know, NBC... Yeah. Right, it's a terrible network, Brian Williams, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, the, I agree with you. The, the one thing I would say, the caveat to that is he has been doing the late night circuit and he has been on the Tonight Show. So they sort of have sort of carved out this late night window that he could sort of be on. I mean, again, for me personally, taking politics aside, Donald Trump in this run has said things about women, both specific women and women in general, and and as things that I just I'm like, wow, I'm really surprised that SNL decided to book him given that stuff, regardless of whether you're Democrat or Republican or conservative or liberal. Some of the things he said, it, I find it hard to sort of laugh with him, given I feel like he's really out there. But let's see what SNL has up their sleeve. They, they, they've been doing this 41 years. They, they, they know what they're doing. So I'll be interested to see what they do. Yeah, I think that this is going to be definitely fun to watch and fun to talk about. I mean, is this just like, well, Hillary did a sketch, so how do I outdo Hillary? I have to host the show. I, You know, the thing that I think is really scary is I would suppose that somebody went to him and said, would you be interested because he's such a lightning rod. Now, if all of this was part of a fact that Donald Trump was planning on dropping out of the race for some reason, I don't follow politics That's enough to know if there's any indication of that or, or, you know, seeds being planted, then I would say, okay, I get that. But uh, I, I, I don't know. This is going to be a weird one. Has it gotten annoying that like Hillary and Donald Trump and, you know, insert whoever else like have to be on every single late night talk show, have to be in every single comedy sketch? Like it's almost like they, you know, try so hard to be part of the joke that I almost feel like it's a little bit annoying. Like, oh, just go away. Just let us just let us have our comedy <laughs> shows and you don't have to be on it all the time. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, I mean, you know, they need to get the uh, the the kid, you know, the young male and female audience to vote. So obviously this has become a very important part of the uh, presidential campaign structure now, you know, and yet, as we always see, you know, when, uh, you know, Al Gore went on Letterman after losing, he was so relaxed and so fun 
compared to his appearances on Letterman and Leno during the election. And you, you would think that they would really sort of learn from this, but it still feels so measured and so planned. And they're not comedians. They're not, you know, so I, I never look forward to them. I feel like they're obviously highly produced, highly manipulated. I think Trump is going to do whatever the heck Trump wants to do on Saturday Night Live. I think that's going to be an absolute wild card. I, I can't imagine what's going to happen. Okay. Well, any call, sh- shots you want to call in terms of something that they're going to do or not do? I my guess is that they will take shots at him and with his permission. So I think the I could see a celebrity apprentice sketch where he is the one who gets fired from NBC. Um, uh, other than that, I, I, I you know I you know I don't know if we'll see the return of the uh, was it the Donald Trump chicken wing uh, restaurant, uh, which was a, a actually very funny sketch he did when he hosted before. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I really be interesting to see sort of where it goes. Yeah. You, when did he host before? Uh, I want to say, I'm going to take a quick look as we say this. Uh, I want to say 2003, maybe. I don't know if that sounds right to anybody. Um, but I will tell you in one second. Um, yeah, 2003. Okay. All right. So like primo, like apprentice era of uh, Donald oh, yeah. Trump hosting. Do we see a Daryl Hammond Trump? No, I don't think so. I think if we're going to see a Trump, we're going to see a Taron Killam Trump because he's been anointed the Trump. And I think we will. I think we'll see Trump with Trump or some version of that, maybe in the monologue, maybe in the cold open. Uh, but yeah, I think we I would expect that. OK, I I feel like we probably do a lot of like non-political stuff. I feel like we have him yeah. like doing like a lot of stuff like, hey, see how fun he is. Yeah, I suspect we'll do a lot of Donald Trump playing Donald Trump doing something odd as opposed to him playing the editor of a magazine in a sketch about the millennials. I I think it'll be a lot of Trump being Trump and having fun with that. Yeah, I do think he'll play a couple of characters. I do think that he'll do some some, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be very fun to uh, check out. And hopefully uh, Nicole will hold out on uh, not going into labor before then. So, I mean, come on. Where are, where are your priorities, Rob? Come yeah, on. We'll work. We'll, we'll try it. Uh, Nicole, actually, uh, the, our, uh, our, our first baby uh, was born the weekend of the season 39 premiere. I remember yep. watching the uh, Tina Fey hosting uh, SNL in the hospital uh, that <laughs> night. And then the baby was born the next day. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Ultimately, she has a track record of giving birth on a weekend with a new SNL. There you go. All right, Rich. Uh, good stuff. You can follow Rich on Twitter. He's at Rich Tech. Uh, so thanks. Thanks to Rich. Thank you to James Keast as well. Uh, thanks to everybody uh, who stayed up late with us on Sunday or at least at least uh, past nine o'clock on the West Coast. And uh, we'll be back in uh, two, weeks, two knock weeks. on Knock on wood for the Donald Trump episode. Anything else, Rich? Nope. We're looking forward to seeing what comes next. All right, you can subscribe to this podcast feed on iTunes. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash SNL iTunes for the podcast feed. Looking forward to seeing your comments on postshowrecaps.com. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.